Hi, I'm Victor Garber, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. Season 1.5 of The Flash Podcast that is dedicated to the CW hit show, The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen slash, well, The Flash. And as we wait for the season to premiere to arrive in October, we're doing our summer season, giving you tons of Flash coverage and content, going through, you know, the characters in Season 1, as well as doing some other Flashy stuff and uh, and more. I want to be your host, Andy B, as always. So happy to have you with us, listening to our show. And with me is... as regular contributors for the Flash Podcast, Adam Holmes. Hey, guys. Hello, Adam. How are you doing tonight? Doing fantastic. And, uh, yeah, speaking of being fantastic, we do have a very special guest who, you know, he may be one of my favorites. I don't know if I pointed out completely on Twitter and Facebook, but he is the webmaster and uh, the creator of FirestormFan.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Flashstorm is back. Shag, how are you doing tonight? I am exceptional and very pleased to be here. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, likewise. I'm I'm stoked to have you back. Like you know, you know how much I geek out whenever we can have you on the show because well, you're the Firestorm expert, and also you know we like even just before we record a show, we will talk about DC stuff for like maybe an hour, and then we're like, oh, oh, gee, we need to we need to record. So <laughs> um, yeah, guys, Flashdrum is back. Uh, to ever, once again, whoever the follower was that night that gave me the suggestion of calling me and Shag Flashdrum, bless you because we're so much connected now than than before. So um, no, but I'm so happy to have you back. And you know what a season it was, and you know what a great year for for, for Firestorm basically. Unbelievable year for Firestorm. Considering he wasn't really in many comics during the year, to have a year like this on television, un- unbelievable. Yeah, so, but before, in, and as you can tell, we're doing our next character review, and it's going to be about Firestorm. But before we get to that, because we've been gone for a few weeks, we're going to catch up on some news, and there's a lot of news we have to talk, talk about. So, Adam, because you do it the best, what, uh, what things can we look forward to in Season 2 of The Flash, and what else... What what is happening with the Flash right now? Well, before we get into the season two season two stuff, we're going to get into a little bit of uh, actually an accolade that season one has earned. Uh, a few weeks ago, they announced the nominees for the sixty seventh Primetime Emmy Awards, and the Flash got a nomination in the Outstanding Special Effects category, specifically for the episode Grodd Lives. So you know, I think you all can guess why I got that nomination. Huge telepathic gorilla. <laughs> it's the key to everything. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Now, it's funny. There's a long history of gorillas adding uh, bonuses to, to comic books, too. In DC Comics, they found years ago in the 50s, every time they put a gorilla on the cover, the comics sold better. 
to the point where everyone was adding gorillas to their covers, and Julie Schwartz had to put a mandate so we can only have two gorillas on our covers per month. That's it. So the fact that the gorilla episode is what got uh, Flash its accolades is hysterical. It just fits perfectly in the Flash history, in DC's history. So, awesome. Couldn't be happier for him. It was a good episode, too. It was. It was it's one of my favorite episodes, and that, yeah, I'm, you know, look, there's, I'm still always going to go out there and say that I think David Rappaport, um, the magnificent casting director of Arrow and The Flash and Supergirl and Letters Tomorrow, I think that, look, this man brings some of these icons to life that no one else does. And, you know, look, if the DC movies, you know, if you ever, you know, you should look to David Rappaport at some point, um, even though I think the, you know, Man of Steel was pretty well cast and stuff like that, and, you know, now some of these recent films, but they wrap I think he's, his work really deserves an Emmy. I think there's a lot of things that I think The Flash deserves Emmys for. Uh, but obviously, you know, it is a, t- it is a tough um, award show to, to get not, not, um, nominations for. And sadly, you know, it frustrates me that the comic book genre is still being not discriminated. Adam, what's the word I'm looking for? Still being ignored? Ignored in some ways, yeah, because it's just, it's just a comic book show. It's like, no, like, not every show has to be, like, freaking Breaking Bad to be able to get Emmy nominated. It's like, you know, why can't some, you know, it, you know, not every Walter White has to get nominated. You know, someone like Barry Allen, you know, the magnificent performance that Grant Gustin delivered throughout the first season is something that could definitely live up to an Emmy nomination, but... Uh, but you know what? This is the first step, and hopefully, you know, as to see, you know, each season goes on for the show and you know, we will get to the point like at least maybe a supporting actor gets a nomination or something like that because i do think that the flash stands out so much more from some of these not to knock on any other comic book shows but you know the flash is it does stand out a little bit more but um i don't know how do you guys feel about it yeah i think that you know just like with literature and movies there's so many different ty- there's so many genres when it comes to television and i do think it's a little unfair that these superhero shows tend to get ignored. Now, that's not to say that every superhero show has just, you know, one of these actors do deserve an Emmy performance, but at the same time, some of them do deserve to be considered. I can only hope that, you know, in the upcoming years, as The Flash, and Goods Older, Arrow, Gotham, you know, all, all these different types of shows, they'll start to be more seriously considered. That's that's really all we can hope for at this point. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, it's, it's year one. We got hopefully at least six more years in the show. Um, if you look at the history of most most television shows, they uh, they get better as time goes by. Usually, they really click around the third season. So even Star Trek: Next Generation, you know, got more and more recognition as it went along. So yeah, I would expect true, I would true. expect by the, like the third season we start seeing some some good accolades. And if it's not here, then maybe it's People's Choice Awards or it's you know it's something where the people can vote rather than the critics. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. But you know, congratulations to Armin and his amazing team. And you know, fingers crossed that he that they do win because. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I may be biased here a little bit, you know, because we're doing the Flash podcast. But you know, I do think that, like, look at that episode. Look at what they did with a freaking gorilla. On- Guys, we had a gorilla, not for just <laughs> one episode, but for like five episodes. And we're going to continue having a gorilla. Exactly, and it's like, look at these other <laughs> things they're doing in special effects. Why right? you look at Firestorm? Look at the speed effects. Look at some of the rogues. It's like this is beyond television this is almost at the movie level in my opinion that's well, the astonishing thing is they can do it on a tv budget yeah exactly so 
Um, no, but once again, if uh, if Armin, if you if you have if you're listening by any chance, we all on the all all of us on the podcast, congratulate congratulations to you and your amazing team, and um, yeah, we hope you win because you deserve it. Also, keeping in the season one ter- a territory, really quick, uh, uh, the show also uh, posted a couple videos uh, this past week, or you know, within the past seven to ten days, of some featurettes that we're going to see on the Flash season one DVD Blu-ray set, which think comes out in either early or late September. Don't know the exact date. But uh, the first video that they uploaded was a, the, like the chemistry test between Arrow's Emily Bettercards, you know, Felicity Smoke, and Grant Gustin. Now, I don't think they specifically said when this was filmed, but I can only guess that it was during, for the Arrow two-parter, that where Barry Allen was introduced in season two. Now, don't quote me on that, but that's what I'm guessing. And then the second screen test was just Grant Gustin's. So I imagine that they filmed this around the pilot because, you know, they they had already cast him as Barry Allen, but maybe for when they were getting the Flash in order, they just wanted to get sort of another sense of how he would be. Um, not, not, obviously, nothing really newsworthy, but you sh- you definitely should watch these videos, and you can find them on theflashpodcast.com. So yeah, and they do come. Yeah, they do come from other outlets that got an exclusive song. We made sure to credit them, but um, of course, of course. yeah. So and and the season one Blu-ray and DVD of the Flash season one will be out on September twenty second. So um, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, and I, I I like seeing the screen test. I I will say that because I do I have seen some people comment on the t- fact that, you know, how come that they release Emily and Grant screen test, but they didn't release maybe you know Candace's and Grant screen test because you know, you know it's you know it, you know it's West Allen you know it's Iris and Barry and you know that they clicks the most I think on the show and I think that. That it would have, you know, look, I love seeing Emily and Grant, you know, interact and so on, but it would have been fun if they had released that screen because, you know, Grant and Candace, they have one of the best chemistry that I've ever seen on television. It's on pair with Erica Durant's chemistry with Tom Welling on Smallville as Lois and Clark. So I wonder why they didn't release that. But, um, Shaggy. Well, speculation could be they simply want you to buy the DVD. So give you a teaser of one screen test and then hope you brings you in for to see because they would assume there's probably more on the DVD. Yeah, yeah that, that's probably the case. But I don't think they. I don't think there is a schedule. Uh, um, I don't think there is a planned screen test on that Blu-ray and DVD set for you know featuring Candace and Grant in in um chemistry test. But I don't know maybe at some point they will release it. Maybe for season two or something like that as a nostalgic thing. But um, but yeah, nobody was cool to see it. Put put, right. put a pin in the screen test. Uh, I'm not screening. Put a pin in the DVD Blu-ray because we're going to come back to that a little bit when we're talking about Firestorm. I got some questions for you. Supposedly what might or might not be on the DVDs. Consider it pinned. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Adam, um, red, yes, um, red, so red and gold? Red and gold from season one to season two. This blew up online. Or at least it did in the geek community, you know. Uh, they, they, uh, they, they uploaded the new costume that Barry Allen will be wearing in season two. Now, most of it is still the same. It's still the same red color scheme. He's got the lightning bolts and everything, except one crucial difference. The symbol now is white and gold. It's everything white and gold. Which, by the, okay, look, I, I think it's just, I, I, I love this about the fan base that they can... They can all we can all get excited about one simple color change, but the fact is it's an important <laughs> no. But the fact is it's an important color change because it really does make the symbol stand stand out more, and it looks closer to what he wears in the comics. So it looks really well, cool. T- honestly, take it a step further, and we saw it in the season finale. That's right, because because fe- that's what Future Flash wears. 
Exactly. So, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, you know, there's more to it there. So it's a foreshadowing, if you will. So yeah. exciting. I do know that they did release the costume. Uh, they showed the costume at Comic-Con. So I know there was a lot of people, you know, saying that, well, we've already seen that. But it was like, it was so much cool seeing Grant in the costume with the white and gold logo. And, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm i still geeking out about it. And uh, and as you can see now on our Facebook and our Twitter and our iTunes image, that we have updated the Flash Pockets logo. Um, more, more brighter red as well as uh, white and gold. True. It looks it looks great. I look forward to seeing it in action. Same here. And then we got a few smaller a, little, a few smaller news pieces. Uh, first off, this is all, of course all of you know about Legends of Tomorrow, and how one of the main characters will be Hawkgirl, played by Sierra Renee. We quickly saw her in the season one finale, but that was just as a civilian looking up at the uh, temporal vortex that was destroying the city, just like every other bystander. Uh, but according to Entertainment Weekly, we are actually going to see Ken- uh, Kendra Saunders, Hawkgirl, on The Flash first before Legends of Tomorrow kicks off. I don't mind. So, we will get to talk about Hawkgirl. So, Michael from Quiver, we got Hawkgirl. We got her. You didn't. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> Very excited about this. But, Adam, I, I have to take issue with you. I'm sorry. Just to correct you. You, you mispronounced. No, no, feel free. You, no, you mispronounced the title of the spinoff. I know what uh, the misprint that's been in oh articles. Oh, right. The title's right. actually Firestorm and his Atomic Friends. Yes. Um, somewhere along the line, there's just been a like a transposed letter somewhere, and people are pronouncing it Legends tomorrow. I just want to make sure your listeners are perfectly clear what the title of the spinoff is. So, so I, 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 I named them the Legends tomorrow podcast wrong then. It's supposed to be the Firestorm podcast done. Firestorm was Atomic Friends podcast. That's oh, correct. okay. With, with the, with the, um, like, um, It'll atom- all be straightened out soon. Don't okay, worry. I mean, okay. you know. Rebranding, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, going... Go ahead, Adam. Going, going off that show also, uh, one thing we also learned in recent weeks is that not only are we getting Hawkgirl in Legends Tomorrow or Firestorm and his Atomic <laughs> Friends, Thank you. we are also getting Hawkman. <laughs> but just like Hawkgirl... Entertainment Weekly is reporting that we will see Hawkman on The Flash and Arrow first. Now, what's unclear is whether they mean he will actually appear on both shows before Legends Tomorrow, or one of those shows will feature him I have a before guess. Legends of Tomorrow. I have a guess. Let's hear it. I think he's going to be in the Flare crossover this fall. Oh yeah, uh, that could work. I could see him being like maybe a new player that they introduce for two episodes, and uh, maybe he's probably going to be introduced maybe in an episode. I don't know. We don't know how many episodes these characters are going to be doing of because they're going to be set up in the first half of Flash season two, Arrow season four. But I don't know. Like I don't think all eight nine episodes are going to be devoted to the Legends characters. No way. No, no. There's no way that's. Yeah, because, but I think that. He could be someone good to introduce in the Flare crossover um, to kind of set up Legends even more and so on. Because, you know, and I'm still a little bit curious why they decided to add Hawkman and kind of like because look, I knew I do know that Hawkman and Hawkgirl they do, you know, it, you know they they do belong together, but they do work as their separate characters. And I'm wondering if Hawkman is gonna take some attention away from Hawkgirl because I don't really want that because I kind of want Hawkgirl to be in the center of this whole thing. I don't Hawkman think that's could, gonna be the case. 
Yeah, here's some speculation for you. Um, they've already said in the leg- in the Firestorm's Atomic Friends, <laughs> I almost missaid it, uh, trailer, that Hawkgirl is delusions of reincarnation, right? Yeah, I think that, I don't remember the exact words that Martin Stein said. But he that said something about her. Yeah. So part of that legend is Hawkman and Hawkgirl were ancient Egyptian pharaohs and they were murdered and then have been reincarnated throughout their lives. So, the, so their lives have been intertwined. They keep being reincarnated and keep being brought together. So by the very act of introducing Kendra Saunders and explaining who she is, you kind of have to mention, if you're going to talk about her history, about Hawkman. It may just be in a flashback. It may not even be a big thing. It may just be, you know, in a previous life, she was connected with Hawkman. Who knows now? It, it may not be as big a deal as they're making it sound like. Because you're right, Kendra's supposed to be the focus, not him. But Shag, if they if they went out of their way to announce it at Comic-Con as one of their big things, I do think he's going to be a main character, though. If they, they, yeah. if they went... Like, look, to me, and I don't I don't hate Hawkman. I actually love Hawkman. I loved how, he did, how they did him on Smallville. Uh, but... The thing is, there's just so many male characters and not so many female characters on some of these shows, and I kind of appreciated the fact that we had a very balanced number. And we, you know, look, there's there's still more room for more female superheroes, I think. But I just feel like you, if you wanted to introduce Hawkman, you could have done it in um, maybe season two. And I'm actually quoting a little bit now from what the, I think what Tony Kim said on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which you can find over at legendsofmorrowpodcast.com, and where they have a good discussion about it. But look, I. Look, I'm excited for more DC characters. Don't get me wrong. I love this world. But it was, you know, I just don't know how much I want to see of Hawkman before we, you know, I feel like Hawkgirl should have been it. But, you know, we haven't even seen the pilot. I shouldn't judge. And look, these people, these showrunners, they know what they're doing. So I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm just looking forward to see who they're going to cast. Um, Adam, didn't Ethan Weekly feature, like, describe a, a feature, a description of uh, of Carter? Yeah, they did. Uh, just like in the comics, he's approximately 5,000 years old. And uh, he's described as charismatic and wise beyond his years, which is a little unusual considering how aggressive he is in the comics, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but they call him a natural-born leader with abundance of charm and confidence. And one key difference between him and Hawkgirl is that Hawkman actually will remember his past lives. Unlike her... Because she's going to have no idea who he is when they first meet. So, Well, they, they might handle it. It sounds a lot like um, the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. When they introduced yes, Hawkman there. Yes, I was there. thinking of that too. Yeah, yeah, because Hawkgirl was on the team. Hawkman showed up for an episode or two. And everyone thought he was crazy because he kept talking about past lives. And then by the end, Shiera, um, which would have been the equivalent of Kendra in this case, started to believe him. But then he went away. And he'd show up. A handful of episodes, but not he was never a major player. It was always Hawkgirl was the focus, but you knew he was out there. So, I mean, maybe they could play it that way. Especially if he's a recurring character and only appears in oh so many episodes, as opposed to her, who's probably going to be in every episode. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, no one likes being told that they're reincarnated and they're you know, destined to be in love <laughs> with somebody. I hated it when it happened to me. So, I mean, surely she's just going to be like, Carter, back off, man. You're, you're pushing too hard. So you and oh, Ronnie man. just didn't click... Exactly. Okay. And uh, so our final piece of news is a casting announcement for who Flash will be fighting in the season two premiere. Uh, It was announced by comicbook.com that former WWE superstar Adam Copeland, also known in the ring as Edge, 
will be playing Adam Smasher, who just the Society of America fans will know about. But it's going to be a difference. While in the comics, he's a superhero, when we first meet him, he's going to be an adversary. Uh, To quote them, one of the most powerful enemies we encounter this season, Adam Smasher has come to Central City to kill the Flash. His incredible strength and ability to grow to enormous size makes him more than a match for Flash, and the entire Star Labs team will have to come together to find a way to defeat him. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say that, given that he is a superhero in the comics, I suspect he will become a good guy at some point. Well, it depends he... on how many episodes he will do. Sorry, I just want to say, it depends on how many episodes he's going to be doing. You know, like, you know, a WWE star, you know, that can't, that can't be cheap. And I, I don't know if it's, like, what else can he do? Like, because he's... He feels he's going to be somewhat of like a Bane type of character for Flash because you know, well, his size. Um, they could go a couple different routes. They could go the plastic route where he's an adversary at first and it quickly turns around. Uh, in the comics, he actually, even though he was a protagonist, he was a bad guy for a while um, because. Oh, he, I didn't know that. Well, he was on the JSA team and he got convinced to go help Black Adam liberate this country. Well, it was the wrong thing to do, so that labeled him as a bad guy. But he was still a protagonist in the story. You still oh. were cheering for him, but you knew he was doing the wrong thing and ended up on the wrong side. And the JSA eventually had to confront him. So, I mean, there could be any number of, of things on this, or it could just be, you know, the big bad guy of the episode. You know, he, he, they might just need a big guy to fight, and really the story. You know, that's really the B plot, where the A plot's dealing with all the emotional stuff that's going on. Do we? He's coming from Earth too, right? Actually, they didn't say anything about Earth 2, so I suspect he will be a resident of you but, know, but the wait, main Earth. But wait a minute. The producers have said that we're going to see a new wave of metahumans that were not part of the Parallel Accelerator. That way, True, I, I think using Earth 2 to do that. It could be, but also remember that Deathbolt was an example of a metahuman who didn't get his powers from the Parallel Accelerator. So maybe that was a similar instance with uh, Adam Smasher. And by the way, I don't remember specifically what his name was here let, let me look it up but if you remember in the episode power outage uh dr wells listed off some people that had been had perished al rothstein yeah al rothstein so that's another oh possibility that's that, yeah. yeah so that he could just be another metahuman who goes powers from the particle accelerator and like ronnie raymond and martin stein rumors of his demise were greatly exaggerated <laughs> i don't know i think it's coming from earth too We'll see. Well, it, it fits well being JSA because uh, Adam Smasher was a JSA character, so it could go either way. I mean, we could we could uh, we could speculate this one to yeah. death. Oh my god, we it, sh- whatever Shag and I speculate, we've always been wrong. We've never been right about. <laughs> you know what? I, sh- don't Shag, fault your, sh- Andy. Don't fault yourself wait, on that. Wait, wait, That's wait, more of a me thing. I'm wrong every time I speculate. When we, I think you've been right a couple times. The, the week before the finale, you you were so convinced that Robbie, I mean Ronnie, was going to get killed off. And you got me so worked up about it. Like when he didn't die, I'm like, "What the hell?" <laughs> so somebody pointed that out to me because I was I was like saying, "Look, guys, the, you know the, the 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 description of the episode says it's very emotional. You know, we know Robbie Mel's not going to be in the Legends of Tomorrow. Blah blah blah. Well, of course, Ronnie's going to die." And then someone later on came back and said, "Chag, you do know Barry's going to see his mom, right? Don't you think that might be a bit emotional?" I'm like, "Oh, there's that, I suppose." <laughs> so either way, I think I was just one episode off. Pretty sure. Ronnie's going to bite it in the season premiere, or at least episode two. Of season we'll get into two. that later because yeah, exactly. I have some thoughts. We, yeah, <laughs> we do have some legends speculations at the end. Um, 
But the, are you guys familiar with uh, Adam Copeland? Have he? Uh, have you seen him act before? Are you any of you wrestling fans or? Because I'm I'm not a wrestling fan, so I and I haven't seen him in anything, so no. Me either. But I, you, someone mentioned about how WWE might be expensive. Paramount, which used to be UPN, which was somehow part of the WBCW merger thing, um, had a strong relationship with uh, the wrestling associations. Oh, they so did it could, actually. Yeah, it could just be that they got him through whatever their wrestling associations are, rather than you know shelling out a fortune to get this guy. So it might just be he's part of the the WBCW UPN family. So I don't know. But he's an actor now, so, and I've heard he's actually a pretty good one. You know, I know he's been on. He I think he's mostly known for Haven. Uh, I actually I talked to my friend Dave Joan from uh, Mark Out Loud. And I asked him, "Hey, have you seen this guy? What do you think?" He's like, "Yeah, he's a pretty decent actor." So, um, because you know, I don't, you know, because all people think when they see people like you know wrestlers and so, oh, they're just big and so, and they never look, you know, whether they can act and so. But you know, we started to see, you know, some really good performers from wrestlers like you know The Rock and Dave Bautista, and you know, and I, you know, Adam Copeland is one of them, I think. So uh, I'm excited for Adam Smasher now. Ray Palmer, run. Run, Ray, run. <laughs> uh, because, I don't know, I, I did see Brandon Ralph joke about it. You know, should I be worried when he saw the casting? But, um, but I think those are all of our news that we spent like 20 minutes on. But they're just catching me up so you know what's going on. But, um, but let's get into our second character review of Season 1.5. We're going to talk about Firestorm, uh, both um, Ronnie Raymond and Martin Stein. So, um, and something Shag wanted to do specifically went to on this episode was kind of, you know, get a little nostalgic about the, you know, go back a little bit when, when they were first cast and so on, talk about the, his initial thoughts, our initial thoughts, and then, you know, talk about them as we've seen them throughout the first season. So, um, Shag, you know, let's pretend they were going for the Speed Force and we're going back to July 9th last year when uh, Robbie Mel was cast as Ronnie Raymond. Yeah, it just it, it was very, very shocking. I mean, a lot of us knew about the Flash TV show. Um, by this point, I think this is before Comic Con, so it hadn't been they hadn't released it yet. But uh, we knew it was coming. Everyone was very excited about the Flash show. All the comic fans were like, "Ooh, you know, we we knew a lot about it, but we didn't know all how deep they they, they were going to go into the Flash lore and how willingly they would embrace all the wackiness of DC Comics." So when they announced on July 9th, 2014, that Robbie Mel was cast as Ronnie Raymond, it, at least from a Firestorm fan perspective, it blew everyone's mind. Like, Ronnie Raymond? You've got to be kidding me. Ronnie Raymond is going to be on the Flash show? We figured it was probably just going to be almost like a throwaway character or just a wink and a nod to the Firestorm fans because none of us could have possibly believed they were going to try and do Firestorm in live action. He's an incredibly complex character. There's a lot of special effects that go into it. So none of us truly believed we would get Firestorm, but we were thrilled to have Ronnie Raymond. I thought it was very exciting. And the fact that it was Stephen Amell's cousin was hysterical to all of us. And there was all this speculation about Ronnie and uh, Ronnie and Arrow should meet at some point, and it, they finally did. But uh, so it was. Uh, and you it complained? Was a, it was a, no, uh, hush you. <laughs> anyway, it was a uh, it was a wild, crazy time, and shocked all of us, especially since Firestorm was pretty much out of comics at that point. His monthly book had been canceled. He wasn't appearing in Justice League really anymore. After Forever Evil, they kind of took him off the board. He was in a parallel future storyline called Future's End where he was killed and replaced with a girl. So, I mean, it was 
we just figured Firestorm was a non-entity as far as DC Comics was concerned. So this was a big stunner for all of us. Very exciting news for all of us. And uh, we all lost our minds. Yeah. And then let's jump ahead to actually the day after the series premiere of The Flash on October 8th. Mm-hmm. When it was announced that um, the legendary Victor Garber had been cast as Dr. Martin Stein. That was another uh, nuclear explosion moment for Firestorm fans. Again, like you said, the day after the series started, they announced Victor Garber. First of all, an amazing actor. I mean, Tony Award-winning actor. Um, just a guy that brings class whenever he shows up in the room. You know, uh, my wife immediately knew him from Titanic. You know, just, wow, what a, what a presence. And he looks the part for Professor Stein. He was perfect casting. And then that was about the time they stopped saying just Ronnie Raymond and Martin Stein, they started saying the word Firestorm. That's when, uh, I don't know whether it was Guggenheim or whoever it was, in interviews would start saying, well, we're working towards Firestorm. That was just mind-blowing again. So very exciting times for Firestorm fans. 2014 was such a year of anticipation. And, um, and it all paid off. I don't want to jump ahead because I start getting into the character arcs. So I'll stop there. But just what an amazing, mind-blowing time. And I remember... You know, just from my own personal perspective, you know, I'm trying to sit here at my desk working and my phone just starts blowing up with texts and Facebook messages and Twitter messages and everyone be like, oh, my God, did you see this? And I'm like, what? I'm in the middle of a meeting. What the hell's happening? So um, crazy stuff. Yeah, I didn't mind this it, it disturbing you at all. But I'm like, you know, no, I don't care what Shag is doing right now. He needs to know what's going <laughs> on. So like, I sent you like two DMs, one Facebook message and an email and... Uh, it wasn't just you, man. It was just, uh, like everyone I've ever met, I think. Sent it to me. Yeah. Uh, which I was fine. For. I, I love the, the Firestorm community because they're all supportive and uh, try and watch each other's backs, which is great. Yeah, of course. And uh, Adam, did you have any um, – because I don't know if you and I talked – I think you didn't – you and I did some of the um, episodes that covered the casting news of um, at least one half of Firestorm. What were your initial thoughts when you saw Garber and Amel get cast for these two? Okay, well, honestly, as far as Robbie Amell goes, I had no idea who he was other than that he was related to Stephen Amell. <laughs> so I, I just thought that was cool that, you know, they were kind of keeping superhero stuff in the family. So there was that. As far as Victor Garber goes, I had seen him in a few things, you know, Titanic, Legally Blonde, Arco. I think there was an episode of Frasier he was in. But, Probably. you know, I was familiar <laughs> enough with his work that I thought it was a really cool casting. But... Yeah, no, it, I, I thought it was cool, and I didn't know the characters that well, but I thought I, I kind of figured that both of these guys would do, you know, Ronnie and uh, Martin Stein justice. The same thing for me. I well, it was kind of reverse for me because I had just finished, you know, following Robbie Amell's journey through the Tomorrow People when it got canceled, and you know, a month or two after the, after that, that's when he got cast. Um, and and uh, with uh, with Garber, like I had seen him in Titanic, but I didn't really remember that too. You know, I've only seen that movie like once or twice. Uh, I'm awful, I know. And uh, I I know I remember him as you know Sinestro from Green Lantern Flight. Um, no, wait, <laughs> what was it called? Right. Green Lantern. First, first flight. flight, I think, yeah. First flight. Oh, was that him? Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, no, I. It was actually funny. Like it was a couple of weeks ago when I actually had seen First Flight. I'm like, why does he sound like Doctor Stein? And I'm like, oh yeah, that is Mr. Garper. And uh, yeah, First Flight is so much better than Emerald Knights. Just saying. Um. So I. Well, and they're, I, they're both better than the live action film. So. Oh, hey, to be fair, that's not saying much. I like. I. I <laughs> Um, and I can say that as a Green Lantern fan. 
<laughs> Me too. I lied to Green Knight in the movie. Shut up, both of you. Uh, and uh, somebody I'd... had to, buddy. <laughs> they were okay, and I'd seen him like um, maybe I think the same year I'd seen him in Argo or something um, when he got cut or something. So like I knew of Garber, but it was like my big sister knew more about him because um, she knew up from him uh, from Alias as a spy daddy, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all obviously we were excited for these pair for this pair up and um, so let's talk about you know well, oh good, I oh just good. remember I, I just remembered one thing which is sort of funny and ironic at the time all of us were talking about okay they've got Robbie Mel and Victor Garber right and everyone said wow Victor Garber what a catch they're not going to be able to keep him though clearly they're just going to have him on for a few episodes and then he's going to go his way because there's no way they can keep an actor of this status on a show like this and the irony is. We're keeping him, and Robbie Mel's the one who's leaving. So, well, we, Shaq, you're you're assuming. Wait, you know what? You've been wrong about everything so far. Oh. <laughs> what if Ronnie doesn't die? <laughs> oh man. Okay, he doesn't have to die, but he ain't gonna be on the show much longer. How do how do you know? Maybe it was just a long negotiation process, and they're just gonna be like, yeah, he's going over to to Legends. But I know we will talk about it later. But let's. It's, 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 it's me attempting to whistle X-Files, but I'm not doing a very good job. Wait, Because <laughs> uh, you know that's where oh, Robbie right. Mel's going, is well, X-Files. He's doing one episode out of a six episode. now. Yeah, but that X-Files is coming back for six episodes as an event series. How do Just, we... He's gone! He's gone, man! He's we'll, done! We'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. See, this is what happened when... Fi- if they're listening to the show, they already know anyway. So, <laughs> look, look, it's it's because Flashstorm hasn't been together for a long time. See, this is why you and I need to do a show on a weekly basis or a regular basis or something like that. We will talk after the show. So, let's talk about Amel as Ronnie Raymond and Garber as Martin Stein. Um, Shag, what did you... Let's go... Um, after seeing, you know, Robbie's first couple of episodes as Ronnie, like, how? Like, what did you... How much do you think he captured the spirit of the Ronnie that you grew up with? He was very likable, and Ronnie's a very likable guy. Um, there, there's a lot of contrary points that I'll bring up as well that don't melt, mash, mesh up, but it, it's not the, the end all of everything. The key is Ronnie's got to be a likable kid who makes rash decisions. That's at his core. That's who, and, and who has sort of a heart of gold. That's who Ronnie needs to be. He's got the heart of gold. He's likable. I don't know that he made a lot of rash decisions, um, other than running into the particle accelerator. I mean, that was a bit rash, I suppose, but he did it out of love. But is it? But then there's all the differences. I mean, he's he's Ronnie's supposed to be a high schooler or college age. Obviously, Robbie's much older than that. Um, he's supposed to be kind of a football jock, not too bright. This one's uh, an engineer. He's obviously a, a pretty smart guy. Uh, so there's some there's some big differences in the character, but again, just from the pure likable point of view, I think he he did a nice job. He did. And what did you think of Garber as Stein? Um, like you know, e- even though he was only in a few episodes, like how did you feel in in the end? Interesting. Um, Victor Garber did not read any of the source material, so he did not read any of the comics. He did not read any of Fire- Professor Martin Stein's previous stuff. Uh, he only focused on the script and he this is what he said and that's what he said in interviews and i'll tell you as i it, i guess i'm bragging as a leading authority on firestorm uh victor garber was like professor martin stein stepping off the page he was just exactly and the script must have just been that good and victor garber is just that good of an actor they captured martin stein perfectly it was astonishing and I, and I had a conversation with uh, Jerry Conway, the co-creator of Firestorm in comic books, the man who created Professor Stein, and he agrees completely that Victor Garber is exactly how Professor Stein is in the comics. 
And yeah, and you, and I remember you messaged me one day and saying, you know, I'm a little bit concerned because he didn't read a comment and stuff. But you know, it's not always a bad. It's not a bad thing always when they don't read the source material and so on because you know what they, if they, I think I think that's kind of like what they did with that because I think Katie Cassie when she got the role of Laurel, she didn't get, read the comics until after she became Black Canary to kind of get her own take on it. And as you know, you could see, you know, like with Martin Stein and you know, like. In my opinion, with Black and you know, they 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 do feel very similar to their comic counterparts. So it's it's it, it you know, even though I think it's good for them to look up, you know, where their characters are coming from in the DC universe. Sometimes it does help when they don't even read a single comic page and just go strictly on what the producer has given them. Yeah, definitely works in this case. Uh, Adam, how do you feel? Well, let me preface this by saying that unlike Shag, I did not know that much about Firestorm going into this. I knew some basics from the comics. I had seen him in the animated show Batman the Brave and the Bold, and I had read him in the Brightest Day Maxi series. But other than that, I didn't know as much. So as far as how their individual characters were, I couldn't really compare them to the, the comics. That said, I did think that Robbie Mel played a very good... Uh, Uh, Ronnie, I thought it was interesting that they changed him from a jock to an engineer, but I think within the context of the show, it worked really well. And obviously, I loved his uh, relationship with Caitlin. And simply from an acting perspective, Victor Garber as Martin Stein was just... He's just just great to watch. There was... um, Not the first episode he was in, but the first time we kind of see him talking, it was... It was in that flashback when he and Barry are on the train going into Central City. Mm-hmm. And it was that conversation between the two of them. I think uh, Martin says something like about the Park Accelerator. It's super cool. Just <laughs> the way <laughs> that it was, was that his was delivery. Good, good, good Garber. That. Good Garber, you. Yeah, it was just the delivery of that line. Just, I don't know. Right away, I, I thought his character was great. And then, you know, as the show goes on, after, you know, he and Ronnie get separated, I liked his scenes where, you know, he's, he's back in his own body. He's eating pizza, even though he hated it before. While at the same time, you see sort of his kind of mad scientist come out when it comes to time travel. <laughs> so just not so much from, you know, comparison to their comic book counterparts, but as characters overall, I think both actors did a great job. Yeah, I'm going to kind of follow what Adam said, because I, you know, even though I'd learned a lot about Firestorm through Shag when he was on the podcast for season zero, you know, I never really got time to read much of Firestorm in the comments. So I, do, you know, I did see parts of him in Forever Evil late months later when the, um, the collected editions came out, but I was really new to the characters as well and so on. And, but, you know, I remember just loving the heck out of it. I think, um, you know, even though I loved Amel on Tomorrow People, I think he was, it was a lot more entertaining to follow him as Ronnie and um, seeing his relationship with uh, Caitlin, and, you know, I think he and Daniel Panamaker has great chemistry, and they just fit together really well. You know, I'm all about Snowstorm, which you know is occurs in, in a way as well because you know Snowstorm is a good bad thing. You know, you know she's representing eyes, and he is fire, and you know we do know what's kind of kind of going to happen at some point. But but still, I love those two together, and I think you know it was great to see Amel in the DC universe finally and i do think that i was more attached a little bit to victor garber and uh, when it came to stein because he was just you know so funny and you know i like having a you know more of an older figure in the 
in the show and just having you know having his sass and so on. I just love how sassy it was, and um, my favorite I think my my favorite episode with him was the episode after they separated because that's when because you know we'd seen him in flashbacks that he was kind of like I remember telling Shag that you know didn't it seem that Martin was almost at the end of his you know career that he was almost at the like you know he he was he had dropped so much interest for the world of science yet he meet this kid who is just like you know 22 23 years old who's all about it and you know Shag do you remember when we had that chat vaguely yeah and but then we see him in the following episode in the present how much he's like you know he's kind of gained some of Ronnie's youth I guess like he got some of like yeah. because you know he hated pizza but his wife was like he's been asking for pizza it's weird and um, and like Adam brought up you know the whole we see the kind of the sciences part of him and it's basically like you know we see an older Barry. And right, younger Barry basically when they're talking about time travel and so on, and that's why I really like fell for Martin Simon. Like, you know, I like this character a lot. He's very fun. He's he fits in so well, and uh, it's not it's not too much. It's not too little. It's per- the perfect balance. And um, so now that we talked about them separately, how do we look at them as Firestorm together? Um, Shag, let's start with you. Um. Well, I'm, I'm going to skip past all the the crazy period when they were trying to still balance themselves because that's that, that I, I wouldn't so much call that as firestorm as I would just call that just you know the the the, the period they went through the, the struggle the the journey of the characters. But once they became firestorm properly in that episode where they fused and they had the the gene splicer or whatever it's called on there, um, that was great. It was absolutely wonderful to see them in character, and, and I actually got chills the moment they fused and they're getting ready to go fight, I don't remember, a bunch of people with guns. You know, generic people with guns, whatever they were. General Eiling. Yeah, that was it. Okay. Anyway, they go to fight him, and um, the minute they fuse, you hear Professor Stein's voice in Ronnie's head going, Ronald, behind you, or something like that. And it just, I got chills. It was like, oh my gosh, that's Firestorm. That's exactly what Firestorm is. It's Professor Stein telling Ronnie what to do, calling him Ronald, Ronnie taking action. Because that's one of the interesting things about the characters, is they really are supposed to contrast, which is... Part of the reason I wish Ronnie wasn't so intelligent in the series because you had a dumb jock and a science person. You had an older person and a younger person. You had a man of action and a man who was not a man of action. And they were so contrasting that it was really cool to see them together. But um, it worked well in the series, though, again, because the intelligence part of Ronnie doesn't come into very often. So they made a great character together. Those moments where they're acting as Firestorm were wonderful. Now... In the second to the last episode of the season where Firestorm shows up to help beat Reverse Flash, if I remember right, I don't think we heard Victor Garber at all, did we? No, we, I don't think it, we did. Yeah, I'm not even sure Ronnie spoke. He said, um, he said, like, he said, like, one or two lines when they okay. greeted and so on, um, and then you complain about how he landed. Yes, I did. Okay, I'm I'm over it now. But <laughs> okay, good because after you, you you it was like we brought up on the show after 20 years of like of his big firestorm love and the effects are amazing, great actors behind it. He nitpicks on how he landed. Okay, fine. You we'll do this. Fine. When, <laughs> when in that episode, Robbie Amell lands and starts walking away, but unfortunately, it looks like he's still got the wires coming out of him, and he's like making it difficult for him to walk. That was it. That was my complaint. Moving on. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> I missed By the you. way, um, okay, well, since we're talking about, okay, hold on. We are talking about character. I'm sorry. I guess this would be the place to bring up the th- other thing I wanted to bring up. Um, Firestorm's power set in the series 
has very little to do with Firestorm's powers in the comic book, actually. Um, yes, they merge. Yes, they can fly. And their hair is on fire. But beyond that, the, the whole fire powers, the ability to project fire and stuff like that, Firestorm doesn't have that power in the comics. He does not project fire at all. He, uh, he does blast nuclear energy, which you, I suppose you could argue looks like fire, maybe, but it doesn't normally in the comics. And his main power is transmogrification, where he tra- turns one inanimate object into another inanimate object. And that's Firestorm's primary power. In the comics, he's very much a wish-fulfillment guy. Like, if somebody's falling out of a building, he's going to create not just a, a trampoline to catch him, he's going to create a giant rubber duck, because he's going to go all out and have fun with it. And that's, you know, and that's how, one of his big powers. Well, there is a deleted scene from the season finale where Ronnie and Caitlin are talking. And to show her how far they've come as Firestorm, Ronnie and Professor merge. And then I want to say he transforms a pencil into some flowers or something like that, maybe. Aww. And that scene was deleted just for time's sake. And now at, at that point, they said it's going to be on the DVD or Blu-ray as an extra. I don't know if that's actually come to fruition or not. I was wondering if you guys had heard anything. I haven't. Mm. I'm sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. No, I haven't heard anything. Me neither. I, you know, but if they've said it's going to be part of it, you know, like if they went, if they went through the trouble and shooting it, then you know, it'll be there. I think. Um, yeah. But, but as a response to that, I think that because it is kind of funny that you know his name is Firestorm, but it's like in the comics his powers is not that much tied to fire. But I think right. that in the show, I think you, you know. I think Legends is phase two for Firestorm, where he's actually going to get into the t- the powers that you're talking about. It's yeah. just I think they're still working on like you know how do we do it visually good and so on because you know, it, you know he is a lot like Human Torch in this series and you're know, like I don't mind that and I think like I said you know and also remember it's an just like like it's an origin story for, origin story for Barry it's an origin story for Firestorm as well like you know you you know even as smart as Martin Stein is. I don't. It would be kind of unrealistic if he could just figure out right away. You know, oh, Ronald, you can do that pencil to a duck or something like that. I don't know. It would yeah. be. It would be like. It would be too fast. And you know, I think that you need to have a build up to that. So I think that you will get that. Look, so far you're getting everything you want for this character on the show. So it's you're probably. I'm not get, complaining. I'm just pointing stuff out. No, That's no, all. No, no, I wasn't saying you were complaining. I was saying you know you, you you're probably gonna get that other aspect as well. But I think you're gonna get it on Legends. Yeah, you mean uh, Firestorm and his Atomic Friends. Firestorm and his Atomic Friends, of course. Ages of Atomic, I mean, of course. Ages of Atomic. Yeah. <laughs> what does it stand for? We will never know. But, um, Adam, what do you think of... Um, we kind of went from... the, uh, You know, we kind of talked about them together as Firestorm, but what do you think of, you know, the powers? You know, Do, do you wish you, that we had seen more of his actual powers in the comics in the first season? Or you, you know, are you kind of like, we, we'll see it next year? Yeah, actually, if I did have one critique, is that the powers did not match up from the comics at all. Now, you know, being able to create fire blasts and is cool and all. It just, I, I do wish we'd actually seen some of his, you know, kind of transmutation abilities, turn one organic object into another. And yeah, I'm sure we will, we will eventually see it either next season on the Flash or Legends of Tomorrow. You know, these writers do follow the comics, so it's bound to happen eventually. But as far as season one goes, it just it was cool visually, but as far as you know, being faithful to the comics, it just it wasn't. So yeah, and that's how I feel. There's only so much you can do on television, honestly. So you know, we, you know, I'm happy with what we got. You know, I mean, maybe it's because I'm not as you know attached to the comic side of Firestorm as you know Shag is and other Firestorm fans out there. But um, 
Um, but let's talk about again. Don't 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 mistake it for complaining. No, no, not complaining. Because no, 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 it's no, no, just no. talking about where we could go. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. The, the the special effect of Firestorm flying with the flames trailing off the hands and everything like that is gorgeous. Like when um, there's that great scene where Barry is racing at the camera yes. and Firestorm's yes. flying at the camera and he does sort of a I don't know if you call it a barrel roll, whatever. And the flames do that cool, you know, almost DNA strand kind of looking thing as as Firestorm swirls around. Oh, I could I could just watch that scene on a loop for like a year and just be just happy as could be. And we got the it's gorgeous, uh, you know. And, and the only thing we did, um, aside from some of the power sets, we didn't really get a costume for Firestorm. Aside from that <laughs> chest thing, I don't know what it's called, but it's a splicer. I can't remember what Spli- the, the, yeah. it's 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 the splicer, but it's, I can't remember if it's gene splicer or particle splicer. It's some some splicer, but um, but that's not part yeah. of the com- comic side, right? That you know. Well, actually, no. It's it's a representative of Firestorm's emblem. Firestorm has an emblem on his chest, which is supposed to represent the nucleus uh, of an atom or a whole atomic thing. You've got a big red sunburst, which is supposed to be the nucleus. You've got these white lines all coming off of Firestorm, which are supposed to be the electron paths. And then you've got these red dots, which are supposed to be the actual electrons on those paths. Well, here they've simulated it. The big circle represents the nucleus. The lines, the little strings, ropes, whatever you want to call them, bands coming off represent the electron paths. And those three red dots represent the three electrons. So they have sort of emulated that much of it. But beyond that, you're right, there's no costume. And Robbie Amell said in an interview, he said, we're trying to be careful here. And, and he made a good analogy, which I thought was pretty funny. I'd never thought of it. He goes, if we're not careful, if we go with the red and yellow, we might we run the risk of looking too Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Which is fair. That, now, that is actually kind someone of could point. make the same argument about the Flash, and you know they could have made the Flash look ridiculous, but they found a way to make the Flash look incredibly cool. So the same could be made for Firestorm. If you give someone, you know, dark yellow and dark red, it could look totally awesome. But whatever, you know what? The black actually works better aesthetically from a spe- even though you know I'm a purist for Firestorm, the black works better on TV because what you want to pop as a special effects guy is the fire. The fire is is the quote unquote the, the the pop you know the sizzle on that character. So you want the fire to be amazing and jump off the page. Well, it's going to be more amazing against a black costume than if you give him a bright yellow and red costume. Then that's going to sort of eat up the color on the screen. So it actually works better as a black costume. I do like the um, that sweater he had in um, when we first like when he was about yeah. to like sacrifice himself and the the, the what, it was like a, a sweatshirt. Or something like you know red uh, and it's just a zipper sweater from yeah. Old Navy. Yeah, I, I actually like that as like you know some type of costume they could do. I think when we come back in season two, he's probably gonna have some type of like black uniform um, because you're right, the black does look good. But I do think that you know he because it looks like you know a regular jacket. I'm like, okay, sure, but you know I think you can go further than that. Um, do we have any favorite moments of Firestorm? Um, Shag, let's start with you. Well, I already mentioned it. It's the moment when they first fuse properly, and they're you know go to fight General Eiling's guys, and the professor's giving him advice, and Ronnie's blasting the General Eiling's people, and he's flying, and then they have that moment with Barry flying, and that's my absolute favorite. I, I just love that whole sequence. Again, I've seen it so many times now. Adam, uh, yeah, definitely that one too. You know, they fuse together, and uh, Martin Stein says something like, "Ronald, behind you," and it was just. It was just so cool to see. And then, funny enough, even though I didn't really care for the whole, like, first phase of Firestorm part of the series, you know, when they're, you know, Ronnie's a hobo, but it's (laughs) Martin controlled the body, and, you know, they have a shape, just (laughs) walking around. 
But I will say I did like in the mid-season finale, The Man with the Yellow Suit, when uh, Ronnie came in and saved Barry from just being pummeled to death by Reverse Flash. I mean, he probably wouldn't have killed him. But, you know, he shoots that flame of blast that knocks Reverse Flash off his feet. Um, I, you know, I know it's not technically like the real Firestorm, but okay. I did think that was just a great moment for season one. Well, and then he flew away. Yeah, he did. That's yeah. right. It was yeah. just like everyone's like, oh, my gosh, because that's the first time we've seen a character fly in these things. You know, it's just like, wow. Yeah. No, I like the flying part of it because, it, like, you know, it leaves some smoke left in the air afterwards. I'm like, I think that's pretty awesome. And, yeah, the same moment that Shaq brought up. But I actually like some of the, these just Martin and Ronnie together, you know, like, for example, when they were bickering after the separation. I, mm-hmm. I love when we saw Martin officiate um, Caitlin and Ronnie's <laughs> wedding because he's always screwed. Um, what was it's it? going to be legit. Yeah, it's going to be. I think he says. Well, I love that part, too, where he goes, don't. He's just like, don't ruin our wedding day. He says our wedding day, which is so funny. Fight on our wedding day. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, right. <laughs> I like. It oh, was great. But I also, there was one moment when I liked when Robbie and Mel actually played Martin Stein. And that was after, you know, he got his hair cut and he kind of like spoke to Barry as, you know, like, you know, when he, he remembered when he, had, when they first met at the train and stuff like that. Because it was so different seeing Robbie. Robbie was playing something completely different, and I think he nailed it. Um, because you know, you can't. You know, no one else can beat Victor Garber and Victor Garber. Uh, so it was just like I liked seeing that of him. Um, so I like. You know, I guess you know, as cool as some of these Firestorm moments are, you know, with all the effects and the battle scenes, I like the small things. You know, when they're bickering, or you know, like you know. Ronnie, lo- Ronnie loves pizza, but Martin doesn't love pizza. But now Martin can shut up about pizza. Uh, mm-hmm. I love when you know the wedding and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, I like the small things. You know, now you mentioned that. Two quick more thoughts. Um, the bickering is a trademark of the character. Uh, whoever is part of the Firestorm Matrix, whether it be Ronnie Professor or Jason Russian Professor or whatever, the, one of the hallmarks of that is the characters bicker with each other all the time. And which is what would probably happen if you have to share a body with somebody. Um, you, you wouldn't agree on what to do. And so it's nice to see them carry that through in the show. And I forgot there was one other cool thing. When they carved a message, I, don't, I, I guess Ronnie carved it into his arm for Stein. I can't remember which one. But they carved a message in their arm. And the other one saw it um, because of their symbiotic link, which I thought – which is an extension of what happened in the comics. Not that, that type of thing never necessarily happened in the comics, but the fact that there was a connection between them was there in the comics. So I thought that was a really cool idea. That was really neat. Yeah, and um, and it's actually going to go into a question, a big question that I've actually had for you, Shag, since um, it was actually, I was going through my Twitter and looking at drafts of tweets, and I had a question for you that I had like back in... <laughs> In May, so I, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it up uh, on this episode, but it's worst when we get to the Legends discussion. But we talked about fair moments. I, you know, I think we all agree that the character arc was, you know, for a character that was only there for a couple episodes, I think they did a pretty good start and finish for at least, you know, a season one arc for a recurring character. You know, were you happy with, you know, where we started with Firestorm this season and where we ended with him in the first season? Uh, extremely pleased. And I have to say, again, for, for Firestorm fans are used to just being ignored. Um, other than a short period in the 1980s when Firestorm was a top-selling book for DC, besides that, Firestorm's always been a back, back, uh, back burner character. 
He's never been the focus of anything. He's been in the Justice League. He's had a couple of series here and there. But again, other than that short period, it's never been a top seller. DC's never really put a lot of effort into it. So the fact that Firestorm became a major player in a television series and honestly had a season, practically a season-long arc, which is unbelievable that they would spend that much time in this character, whether either talking about Ronnie and, and, and the professor or having them appear in episodes. I mean, it literally took... You know, what, 10 episodes probably of mentions and appearances before they got this thing rolling, which is just astonishing. They would invest that much into a B list character. And I realize it's because it helps push the Caitlin story forward. I mean, that's fine. But wow, just I, I felt honored uh, that our character got to be featured so much. And uh, I'm very pleased with our fires from end of the season. Yeah, I would say overall, I was pleased. Um, you know, it's like, it's like Shag said, effort. At first, with the exception of that flashback in Episode 3, all we really got was mentions. But, you know, for a character like Firestorm, that was a big deal. And then when we finally did get to see him, we got things rolling between, what was it, like Episode 9 and Episode 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, you know, a character like Firestorm, which, like Shag said, he's never really been at the forefront of, like, the DC Universe, the fact that they've been able to dedicate so many episodes to him and explore both of these characters is just... It's tremendous. So, and now, yeah, I'm very pleased. Also, and I was going to say, and now we're taking him, you know, now he's going to be a serious regular on, you know. His own show. His, on Firestorm and his Atomic Friends on the CW Thank you. coming mid-season 2016 on the CW. Don't miss Thank it. Um, but, um, yeah, I think that for someone that only had, I think, you know, five or six episodes as a total for the first season, I think. But pretty well rounded. I think that's actually pretty awesome, and uh, you know I can't wait to see you know. And that's the thing; it's just the beginning. So I like you know we're getting a small dose now, but we're gonna get something bigger next season. So we've talked about character. Uh, oh, sorry, gone. I'm gonna wrap up one more thing. Other than Doctor Wells, um, I'd say Firestorm probably had the most interesting journey all season, because I mean Barry has had a, it's been great, but. Barry is essentially who he was at the beginning of the season. He's certainly got more experience, and he's learned a lot of things, and he's more knowledgeable, more powerful, but he's still the same guy. You know, most of the characters are still who they were at the beginning of the season. I don't think Cisco is going to—not anymore, not poor Cisco. But he's, yeah, he's but got, that wasn't really addressed until, like, the very last episodes. Yeah, it, it's a power, but it's not a full-blown journey. I mean, Cisco's life— hasn't really changed that dramatically yet. Um, from where he was yeah. in the first episode. And uh, Dr. Wells... Uh, Dr. Wells is probably the most fascinating journey for any character in the series. Um, but I'd say Firestorm is probably number two. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we've talked about the character arcs and the favorite moments and uh, TV Firestorm versus comics Firestorm. We've talked about the portrayals of powers. Um, now let's talk about some Snowstorm uh, because, you know... <laughs> Caitlin and Ronnie, you know, it's an adorable couple. So, you know, Shag, when your first episode on the podcast was actually about Caitlin Snow, and we talked about, you know, are we ever going to see Firestorm? And who is this fiance that disappeared? You know, you and I thought it was Captain Cold. That's right. That was all before they'd even announced Robbie and Mel. That's right. Yeah, even before we knew that Firestorm was coming to the show, because we were like, you know, you know, Felicity is one Firestorm character. Caitlin Snow is one Firestorm character. I mean, it's not going to be like we're not going to get a Firestorm. So, like, maybe Captain Cole is this missing fiance. Uh, boy, were we wrong. But um, yeah. <laughs> because you know, you know, in the comic books, they're enemies. They're not together. They're not in love. How? Right. What was your view 
of just imagining that these two are going to, you know, when the show was announced, you knew that they were going to get together and stuff like that. You know, did it already get emotional right from the get-go for you, knowing that, you know, look, these, you know, we know these producers, they follow the comics a lot. They're probably not going to end up happily ever after for, for a long time. So, like, what? how did you process the whole idea of Killer Frost and Firestorm being married or, you know, being together in the beginning? Well, like you said, we, we knew Caitlin Snow had a, um, a fiancé who had supposedly died. We had already knew that ahead of time, before we even knew Ronnie Rain was in the mix. So I had already processed that and taken that in, and as we said, we had our speculation, whatever. But when they announced it was Ronnie Raymond, um, I didn't actually have any problem with it at all. I mean, I, I'm not one of those people that thinks that it has to be 100% faithful. Even though I'm mentioning things that aren't faithful to the comic, I'm not hung up on them. Um, as long as they, the core of the character is still there, it works for me. And actually having Ronnie Raymond and, and Caitlin Snow and Firestorm and Killer Frost be connected romantically is actually a pretty clever idea. It's a, it's a really good storytelling concept, especially for a CW-type show which hangs its hat on relationship issues. So I, I was fine with it. I thought it was, it was clever. Uh, I'm a big fan of Daniel Panabaker anyway. So I'm, I'm, I, was, I got on board with that very quickly. And then for me, you know, I was like, okay, well, We'll see how it pans out. When that first scene leaked, um, not leaked, I mean, WB or CW played it, like it was either the day before or the morning of when the third episode went out, the one where they had the flashback and you saw Ronnie Raymond and Caitlin talking about their honeymoon. You, the, the chemistry was there. I mean, those two actors just clicked. And right then and there, I was like, oh, this is going to work. This is absolutely going to work. You can see the chemistry between these two actors. So uh, I was very pleased. Uh, Adam? Well, you know, again, because of my lack of Firestorm knowledge, you know, when they first announced Caitlin Snow, obviously I had to look her up, and that's when I saw she was the new 52 Killer Frost. And then I saw, oh, cool, she's one of Firestorm. I knew about the villain, I just didn't know she had battled Firestorm frequently. So when they did announce that Firestorm was joining the show, I thought, you know, that kind of does make sense. Um, As far as just their relationship over season one, not having any background from the comics all i just thought that you know like like shag said uh daniel panabaker and robin mill had excellent chemistry together um you know so snowstorm fans aside i think this is like the relationship that you know caitlin and caitlin caitlin and ronnie together is just is, is good for the show honestly though it's not so much about what we saw in season one as it is the potential of what we could see in future episodes now that we do know that eventually at some point we will see Caitlyn, whether it's the Caitlyn from this earth or an alternate Caitlyn, as Killer Frost. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we're going to see her and Ronnie battle, but I think it would be amazing if we did. But, you know, overall in season one, yes, I did I did like their, their relationship. I think the fairest thing would be to have those two fight each other at some point um, because it's going to make it for more compelling television. I think it's going to be one of the most tragic things we've ever seen in, in this genre, you know, that, that the wife and the husband turn into hero and villain. Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, I don't want, you know, like, let's say that Ronnie dies and that someone else becomes Firestorm. I don't want that Firestorm to fight Caitlyn. I, you know, I feel that to make an emotional impact, I think it should be Ronnie's Firestorm going up against Caitlyn. I, when you said whether it is Caitlyn from this Earth or from Earth 2, I had this awful image in my head where at some, at maybe season two finale, there's another 
gate opened to Earth 2, and the killer and the the, the Caitlyn from that Earth steps in, and we and the way we lose our Caitlyn is that she you know that our Caitlyn dies and Daniel Panagy will essentially be you know playing an evil full on evil version of Caitlyn Earth 2 in the future season or whatever like that's what I almost pictured when you said Idris Caitlyn of this Earth and of that Earth I'm like because. It's still blowing my mind that we're getting Earth 2. We're getting multiverses. Do you know, <laughs> there's no limits to what we could see here. Deathstorm could come, for the love of God. Oh, I, know, I hope not. I, I, know <laughs> you don't, I know you don't like it. I'm just saying that it could happen. And now, okay, well, so, so we're into speculation now, so yeah. I'm going to tell you where I'm thinking this is yeah. going. Um, we know that Robbie Mel is not going to be in the Legends of Tomorrow TV show. That's acknowledged. Done deal. Um... <laughs> So, safe speculation, but we know Firestorm will be in Legends of Tomorrow, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. So, safe speculation, Robbie Mel's going to die. His character, Ronnie Raymond, seems to be a likely likely guess. Uh, we've been guessing it since last season. I still think it's going to happen pretty early on, especially since uh, Victor Garber said we will find out. I think he said in the season opener why Ronnie's not going to be in Legends of Tomorrow. So, um, so one of two things is going to happen. Either... Killer Frost, you know, like like an Earth Two Killer Frost, kills Ronnie, you know, in a battle. Like you said, we get Ronnie fighting Earth Two Killer Frost, and maybe she became Killer Frost on Earth Two because her Ronnie didn't come back. Maybe that's why, what you know, what drove her emotionally. I don't know. I think what's more likely is Ronnie is going to die, saving her, and that's going to push her so far emotionally that either she has these powers and doesn't know it, she gains powers or whatever. But I think. Ronnie's death is what pushes her towards the Killer Frost entity. So I don't know that we'll get Ronnie versus Firestorm versus Killer Frost with Ronnie involved. I think more Ronnie's death will create Killer Frost. That would actually be another one of those like emotional impact that I was talking about. So it's I know I I I I am concerned. I mean I I think it's disappointing that they have to kill up Ronnie Raymond like, because it, like you said you know there's aside from my hopes you know. There are hinting that something bad is going to go down, and I, you know, I don't know if it's because Robbie Mel wants to pursue other things, or it's because like this was where they were always heading for, you know, because you know Caitlyn is a series regular, not Robbie Mel, so maybe this was always the point. And but we don't know. Like, look, we could be so wrong. What if Ronnie gets trapped in Earth Two, and that's, and me, I don't know. Something like that yeah. could happen. Um, yeah, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't kill him. Maybe they just take him off the board for now, so that Robbie Mel can come back in a season or two if they want. Well, Shag actually just brought up my thoughts uh, just a few seconds ago. I think you know, obviously, it's possible Ronnie could get killed. It could happen. The optimist to me, though, wants what Shag says. He just gets taken off the board. I get that maybe uh, Robbie Mel wants to do other projects, just like a lot of actors do. I get that. But I would, instead of just killing him off, I would rather somehow they just set up, a, set up something so that Ronnie somehow isn't, you know, being Firestorm anymore, isn't being a superhero. But at a later date, whether that's in the latter half of season two, or heck, maybe even season three or four, they do have the option to bring him back. Because to just kill off a character like Ronnie Raymond, look, obviously he's not like an A-list character like Batman or Superman, but he there is... They can do more with him on this show. So I feel like it would be a waste to kill him off. Instead, I hope they just, you know, somehow like put him in a corner so that 
revisit him at another point. That way, we can still get more interactions between him and Caitlyn, whether it's as husband or wife, or hopefully, hero and adversary, hero and villain. You know, there's, there's a there's a dangling plot point we forgot to bring up. Oh, which we'll is go ahead. When Caitlyn and Ronnie were at the coffee place, jitters or whatever, Ronnie was asking her to leave. He wanted her to leave it all. He wanted her to go with him and have a normal life. And she said, but this is who I am now. This is what I'm doing. And, you know, maybe that drives away. Maybe it's as simple as a wedge that way where he says, look, Caitlin, if, if we can't leave and put this behind us, I'm going. You know, which would be a pretty crappy thing to do, quite honestly. Yeah, but they still. just got married. You know, like right, that, exactly. They just got married. So, all I mean, the wedding but, gifts they had to send back. No, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the main issue. But do you do remember in the teaser that came out from Comic-Con that Caitlin says at one point, Cisco, I'm not coming back. And when we did our post-Comic-Con episode, the, um, the girls actually did a good speculation that they think actually she has left, that she has gone off and lived with it, that she's living with Ronnie now in a happier place. Okay. Hey, did you not see the trailer? I did. I'm more oh. wondering why the Flash looks blue when he's um, running. It's well, it's obviously not our Barry. It's probably you know Zoom because Zoom is coming. Um, Cobalt blue. Cobalt blue. No, I think do I. Know, do you even know who that is? Of course, I know who he is, but it's not going to be him. It's going to be Zoom. It's going to be probably, probably Hunter Solomon. Yeah. But um, okay. So my my minor thoughts for se- season two. You know, I'm on. You know, like. It is so hard to tell because, you know, we, there is this strong possibility that Ronnie is going to die. Martin is going to be left doing something legendary and um, <laughs> not settled at all. Something but atomic. It's a <laughs> fiery. And so aside from our puns, our horrible puns, let's speculate now. Because, you know, look, Firestorm is going to transcend over to the Legends of Marvel show. So... The question I was going to ask you, uh, fi- uh, Mr. Firestone fan, is two months ago I wanted to ask you this, and it was basically, what happens if one part of Firestone dies? What happens to the other one? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, it's it's happened before. Ronnie has died, um, and the, the, you know the the other person. Well, Firestorm has never died when he was merged as two people at that moment. You've had a situation where Ronnie died, but the professor wasn't merged with him at that time, so the professor carried on just fine, or um, you know, things like that. All on the, Ronnie's died a few times, actually. But um, So if Ronnie and dies well, he's separated from the professor, the professor should be fine, although they might do something with the story because they're you know, psychically bonded. They might do some cool storyline where you know, he's, he's in trouble. But... Um, can can we jump since we're talking about legends? Can we jump forward about what we do know? Shag, uh, catch everyone up. What do we know about Firestorm's presence in Legends of Tomorrow, and what speculations do we have about Firestorm's okay. role in Legends of Tomorrow? Uh, it's yeah, you know, obviously Victor Garber is one of the main characters, but it has also been stated um, that Firestorm will appear in the show. He Firestorm appeared in the teaser trailer uh, on all the poster artwork. You see Firestorm, so you know somehow. Professor Stein is going to, or someone is going to continue on as Firestorm. Well, here's where we get into half speculation, half spoiler, half rumor. So if you don't want to know this stuff, jump forward a, you know, a good couple of minutes. But there, there's an actor who's in Legends of Tomorrow, been cast, Franz, Franz Drame? Is that how you say it? I think so. He's from Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> 
he went from Edge of Tomorrow to Legends of Tomorrow. Right, I just saw, exactly. can, I just saw the credit. Uh, yeah, I think Fra- uh, Franz Drummy or something like that. Franz Drummy, uh, we'll just say. Um, he's been cast as Jay Jackson, and he's been cast for quite a while now. But no one knew what his superhero identity was going to be. They kept it a secret. You know, a lot of speculation he was going to be cyborg. Some speculation he was going to be black lightning. Some speculation he was going to be static. But nothing made exact sense because there is no character in the DC Universe named Jay Jackson. So there were a lot of people were wondering and wondering, and, and you know, uh, it, it, w- what we found out now is that um, during San Diego Comic-Con, um, Phil Klemmer did say, uh, in regard to Jay Jackson, he said that Jay Jackson is, quote, probably the last person Professor Stein wants to share Firestorm with. Yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I remember saying that yeah, it was at that table. I, I actually believe I was the one. I haven't uploaded my... Uh, I've been uploading so many videos to TV. Everyone, thank you, thank you by the way, everyone, so much who's been retweeting all my articles that I've been tweeting for the past two, three weeks since Comic Con. Uh, I did remember asking, like, again, I'm not, I didn't confront them, but I did say, you know, look, we have two giant mysteries with the show. One, who the hell is playing Vandal Savage, and two, what the heck is up with Jay Jackson? And he gave an interesting answer about Vandal that they, you know, there's an actor they're looking at, they're hoping to get, but with Jay Jackson, they said. What Shaggy just said. Um, I just haven't been able to get it up yet because of the order that we've been having. But yeah, it was interesting when he said that he's probably the last person. I'm like, oh my god, he just gave it away. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you know, like, what do you mean he's the last person? It could mean this way. Either that was him, kind of like you know, not mocking us who were speculating that he's going to be the new fire, but maybe like saying to him like, yeah, trust me. He's the last person that we would ever put together to firestorm or something like that. Or he's p- talking about it as a context of. Jay Jackson is probably like the, the type of person that Marcin would never want to merge Firestorm with, but it's going to have to do it either way. Um, now, how would this work? Um, would Jay Jackson need to be, like, would he need to get Ronnie's powers? Like, how could, how could Jay Jackson become the outer half of Firestorm? Well, I'll tell you how, how it kind of went down in the comics. Uh, Ronnie Raymond died as Firestorm um, in 2005. And when he died, uh, the energy in him flew up into space, came crashing back down to Earth on this poor, uh, unsuspecting young African-American name, young man named Jason Rush. And Jason became imbued with Firestorm powers. And through a series of stories, he eventually did end up merged with Professor Stein. So um, it does seem that Jay Jackson is just acting as a bit of a surrogate for Jason Rush. It was kind of like the initial speculation. We don't know that for a fact. That's just fan speculation. Even though he I mean, was you, on the show, that's kind of the odd thing. They, they right. did introduce him. I'm like, maybe they just, you know, like, yeah, because it, did, it seemed like a one-off, though. Right. I mean, the Jason Rush character was in one episode. He had a very bit part. But because they did introduce the Jason Rush character, they probably don't want to use the name again. Um, I mean, they could have just recast him, but this this character of Jay Jackson is very different from the Jason Rush character they introduced in the show. So that might be why they've created this new identity. And um, the description of Jay Jackson is that he's uh, where is it here? I've got it somewhere. I apologize. Um, Here he goes. He's a former high school athlete whose pro career was derailed by injury. Now making ends meet as an auto mechanic, Jay will be will come to have a surprising affiliation to the Star Labs crew. So that's a pretty good sort of opposite member for Professor Stein. Professor Stein's the brain. Then you've got the athlete who's, you know, an auto mechanic. He works with his hands. He's, he's not the, the high-caliber book-learning kind of guy. So he would actually make a good pairing for Professor Stein. And so 
I think what you've got is just a situation where they're substituting Jason Rush for Jay Jackson, and you'll probably even have Professor Stein referring to him as, I don't know, Jason rather than Jay, where you might get the Ronald and Ronnie kind of bit going back and forth too. Um, so that, that's, that's where current speculation is. Adam, um, you and I, we, you know, we talk a lot off air, uh, probably way too much than we need to, but still, um, I never really gotten your sense of what, what you think what Jake Jackson's role is going to be on Legends. Have you felt similar to Shine that he's probably going to be the new Firestorm? Well, when they first announced him, I think I, like everyone else, just assumed they were giving him an existing superhero identity, even though he's a brand new character, so, you know cyborg black lightning static one of these other characters that's what i assumed at first but now that we you know you know we've seen the trailer now that we're getting closer to the show actually happening yeah yeah i got i gotta admit i think it's it there's a good chance that jay jackson will end up being the second half of firestorm which you know i don't have a problem with other than the fact that i kind of wish that jason rush hadn't already been introduced on the flash I mean, you could have just named the guy who appeared already on The Flash, Jay Jackson, and then introduced uh, Jason Rush for Legends of Tomorrow, because then it would kind of match the comic books. Mm-hmm. Aside from that quibble, aside from that quibble, though, I think, yeah, I think it'll work out. And you know, I like like I've said many times now, I don't have that much Firestorm knowledge, but I did have a thought about similar to what Shag said about how the Firestorm energy comes you know, shooting out of Ronnie and then find someone else to inhabit. I was wondering if maybe somehow Martin Stein is more connected to the Firestorm Matrix, you know, because he was the one holding it when the accelerator went off. And maybe if Ronnie were to die or somehow have the connection severed, maybe Martin would somehow be able to pick its next host. Maybe not pick the next host, but like the next person he has close contact with, he's inadvertently becomes connected with. I don't know. It was just a thought I was having. No, I mean, it could be anything along those lines. I mean, one thing they never even answered in the first series, unless I'm mistaken, is remember when Professor Stein is standing outside the particle accelerator and he's holding the Firestorm Matrix? Yeah, what they never he... say what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, what the heck's he doing there to start with, you know? Unless so, that um, is a plot point for Legends, why J. Jackson may become involved. Like, what if... What if Martin wanted this to happen? What if he did something? He wanted his machine to kind of somewhat get boosted through the particle accelerator. That's probably exactly what he was trying to do. Yeah. But when but, everything you know exploded, it didn't go as intended. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I mean, and they could go a whole other route too, where you know maybe Professor Stein's dying. Let's say Ronnie's dead. You know, and Professor Stein's dying, and he has to fuse with somebody in order to survive. You know, it could be out of desperation he fuses with Jay. Oh, it could be could be any number of things. My prediction is similar to you guys, but I have a backup in case in case Ronnie actually does survive. Because look, this could just be part of this. You know, the showrunners just wanting us to speculate and just like tune in, like you know, like the craziest people ever. What could happen is that. Ronnie and Martin will be separate, separated in the premiere. In the finale, in the mid-finale for Legends, Ronnie will be back. And surprise, surprise, Ronnie Raymond is going to be part of Legends tomorrow. And Jay Jackson will be revealed as this other type of hero. Um, but it seems very unlikely at this point because he's working for Star Labs. 
an interesting affiliation. People still think he's going to be Wally West, and I know he's not going to be Wally West. Um, they're going to cast someone younger, um, and it's um, and why would they go with Jay Jackson for the love of God? Jesus, <laughs> it's like it's so hilarious when people think that it's going to be Wally. It's like it's not. He's not going to be Wally West. It's going to be someone else. But I, you know, it would be cool if they just surprise, surprise. Jay Jackson is actually some other hero. Um, maybe Black Lightning or something like that. But you know, we're starting to get a lot of characters on Legends. You cannot, ha you can't have everyone be a series regular. So he's probably going to be the new Firestorm. I feel that's the safest bet. But it would be cool if he was someone new, like a new, you know, like Black Lightning or Static Shock. Even though I know they're doing a web series for whatever media company it's called, and. But yeah, he's probably the new Firestorm, and, you know, I don't know if they've answered this question, but, you know, it would make sense for him to show up on The Flash this season. Jay Jackson? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, the, 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 the speculations are infinitive and beyond, basically, but, um, but we've talked a lot about Firestorm, and I think that to kind of wrap up this discussion, you know, we... We have our predictions, but you know, in terms of looking from from a season one perspective, it's a very solid arc, and you know, good actors between these two characters. That is actually one character, but it's just so much fun to follow. And um, and gentlemen, any, any final thoughts? Uh, Shag, do you have any fi closing thoughts on Firestorm in season one? I just feel honored to to be involved uh, from a fandom perspective from this character. I mean, for the last. Five, you know, for the first five years of doing Firestorm fan, I sort of lived in a pocket universe all by myself, where <laughs> nobody paid any attention. They're right. like, "Oh, he, he's that weirdo over there who likes that weird character." And all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's a primetime TV character that I can sit and talk to my seventy-year-old father about, who's watching Flash, who now suddenly knows all this stuff. You know, and it's utterly bizarre, and um, it's a weird world to go to be part of now and I'm just absolutely thrilled and I think it's awesome yeah no I and and one of the things I've been so excited about you know since becoming friends with you and getting to know about this character is that you know every time I know Firestorm's gonna be on I'm like you know I, I, I wanna I wanna see what Shaq thinks I wanna you know I wanna DM him and you see what he thinks about it and I like, see you live tweet the show and just seeing your reactions like you know I remember you know that gif I posted on Twitter a few days ago like you know Flashstorm is coming back <laughs> that night when that scene happened, like guys, it, I got teary eyed just reading his tweet to that scene, that, you know, a couple of months ago because he was kicking out so much. Because I know how it feels like to have a character that is not an A-list character, not even B or C, and not that, you know, possible to maybe see on a certain, certain TV show or or in, a, or in a film. But you, but you get to be one of those people, Shine, that gets to see their favorite character come to life and be treated so well by the producers and be received so well by the fans. You know, like, because I had people that were saying, but is Firestorm way too complex to introduce on a TV show? But like, no, but these that's the beauty of these showrunners. They know how to simplify things with while also staying true to where the character came from. So, mm -hmm. and, you know... I've had a blast following this character, learning more about him. You know, it's just the beginning, and you know, and Adam, you know, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, just that it's great that he was able to get his due in live action. I never 
ever thought I was going to see Firestorm, you know, outside of the comics or animation. But just the the fact that the Flash introduced not only just introduced him but gave him a fairly important role in the series overall. Both Ronnie and Martin was just it was great to see, and I'm I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing how they're going to handle the character in both season two of the Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Amen to that, and um, and I think that's um, the perfect opportunity to to wrap up this episode and. Um, Shag, look, it, you know, it's always an honor having you on, and you know, you know, you know, you just all you have to do is just send me a DM whenever you want to be on the show, and you know, <laughs> you can be on, like, because look, at some point, if we don't have a show together in the next five years, then screw it. I don't know. I, 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 I you know, I will, you know, I will give up on everything. But uh, no, but you're always welcome to come on, and um, until the next time we see you, you know, tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. What, you know, tell us about FirestormFan.com and why people should visit your site for all things Firestorm. Well, I appreciate that. Um, the primary reason they should visit my site for all things Firestorm is there's really no other place exactly. out there. Exactly. Um. <laughs> I was trying to just see, get you to say it because I didn't. Yes. I Set feel like a dick. I, I, I feel like a dick if I'm like, well, he's the only site. He's like, he, well, he's the one, number one Firestorm fan. There has been a couple here or there that started up over the years, and they usually peter out. And there's there's Facebook groups about Firestorm, which is great, you know, if you're a fan of the Firestorm. But there's there's not a lot of dedicated sites out there, and uh, you know, no one's that sadly devoted but anyway it's uh it's firestormfan.com you can also find me all up in the social medias uh under the same handle of firestorm fan i'm on twitter facebook google plus instagram tumblr uh, oddly enough i opened a pinterest account recently why uh, I, I, why honestly it's a long story it was <laughs> gotta <laughs> reach that you, audience I'll, man we don't know what I'll, you... I'll tell you another day it was it was a it was a race let's just put it that way so i was afraid someone else was going to do it first so um Anyway, so uh, you can find me on all those social medias. You know, drop me a message. You know, tell somebody why you like Firestorm. Get the word out there. Use the hashtag Firestorm and the Flash and uh, Flashstorm if you want, mm-hmm. and uh, spread the word. You know, fan the flame. And um, and your podcast that you do with uh, the Aquaman Shrine, Rob. Don't get in the way of me and Shag because we're Flashstorm. You you know you do fine water, but Flashstorm is stronger. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, he he's <laughs> welcome to come on the show anytime he wants. I'm sure he appreciates that invitation. It is the Fire and Water podcast. It's a it's a podcast. Uh, it's a team up. Um, in the in the nature of comic books, you, the heroes team up. So in this case, it's the Firestorm fan website and the Aquaman Shrine website teamed up to create a podcast called the Fire and Water podcast, which is an utterly strange combination. Two, you know, not a level characters at all, Firestorm and Aquaman, and yet somehow um, we make the podcast work, and then we have a blast, and there's a lot of people involved. In it. It's got a really really strong listening community who are very involved in the show. Uh, we've got people that do artwork and write songs. I mean, just an amazing group of people that are uh, listen to that show and are very much an integral part of it. So I'm very, very uh, honored to be part of it. So that's the Fire and Water podcast. You can find that on iTunes or you can just find links on Firestorm Fan. Awesome. It's good stuff, guys. I love It's one of my favorite podcasts. You should definitely check it out. And uh, Rob, even though you get in the way between my Flashstorm, like I said, you're, you're always welcome to come on because I would love to have like a trio, you know, the, the fire, the water, the lightning. So, um, Adam, tell everyone where they can find you on Cinema Blend, as well as what the Flash podcast is up to. Yeah, so as far as my stuff goes, I write for CinemaBlend.com. I cover a lot of movie and TV news, especially when it comes to comic book stuff. Also do an editorial and list here and there. Uh, you can either find my work on the website, or you can follow me on Twitter at 
Mr. Adam Holmes. I post all my articles on there. I also post a lot of, I also post just a lot of general thoughts about geeky topics. So if you ever want to chat me up, feel free to. Uh, but then, as far as Flash podcast stuff goes, of course, you can always visit our website, theflashpodcast.com. On Facebook, we are facebook.com slash the Flash Podcast, and Twitter, same deal, the Flash Podcast. Uh, we're also part of the Flash Fan Circle on Google+, Plus, run by our friend Hank over at TV Fanatic. Of course, subscribe to us at iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And please, if you're on iTunes, leave a review. We want to hear your feedback, especially if it's positive. Yeah. Uh, and then also, of course, check out DC TV Podcast, which covers not only this podcast, but all of the uh, podcasts in the circle. You know, Supergirl Radio, Quiver, Legends of Gotham, Legends of Tomorrow, all good stuff. Uh, make sure to check out our good friend Mike Schmidt's Flash Opera at soundcloud.com slash flash opera. Shout out to our friends over at the Mix Radio Network and Zap to it. And of course, if you have any questions or any comments, email us at theflashpodcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, like Adam said, follow all those links, you know, on the flashpodcast.com website. You know, we're now, you know, we're covering news about the Flash. You know, if you want the latest news about the Flash, Head over to our website and you know iTunes. Like you know, like Amy Lauren said last week uh, on the last episode, it does help us a lot. Uh, you know, the more you know feedback we get, the more stars we get, the more noticed we do become on the internet, and so it does help us in a lot of ways. And 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 we love you guys. You know, you are you know the greatest listening audience in the Speed Force, and um, and we love you know the support we get from you. So if you do have a few minutes, just head over to iTunes. You know, give you know. Give us those five stars and let us know what you think and what we can do to improve the show. And uh, because it does help us a lot, uh, we're on Instagram. I, I I don't know if Adam mentioned it, but uh, in case he he didn't, um, we're all flawed. It's fine. And we also uh, we also um, because I haven't really mentioned it a lot. And um, the Facebook group for the Flash Podcast, we need we, we're gonna start getting it more active again. You know, we're gonna start expanding a little bit more so we can have more conversations going on. So to search for the Flash Podcast on Facebook in groups and request for membership and you will get in right away because we want we want as many speedsters as possible. And um, and if you want to follow me on my boring personal account, you can follow me at Animebacks. You can follow all my work on T V Overmind as well now as T V After Dark. I'm you know I'm I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. And uh, just like Harrison Wells. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> well he kind of is. So um yeah no once again Shag, you know it's you know my, like my geekiness for you is sincere and but yeah guys that's gonna wrap up our firestorm episode shag once again thank you so much and uh for our, all of our team members scott amy lauren chris the two mics dave and steph i'm andy b i'm adam holmes and we will see you next time on the flash podcast mm-hmm.